We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Josh Bowe, uh, one of the many editors over at MavsMoneyBall.com and co-host of Pod Maverick. We are here with another After Dark edition after the Mavericks lose to the Cavaliers 113 to 110. I am not joined by my normal co-host and is usually the one who's leading these things, Kirk Anderson, as he has a newborn baby and he's allowed to miss some of these games as he and his wife handle a newborn baby. Someone no stranger to a newborn baby is fellow staffer and editor at MazMoneyBall.com, Doyle Rayner. How's it going, Doyle? Good, yeah. Not a stranger to what Kirk is going through. <laughs> um, so, yeah. yeah. I'm happy to step in when, when baby prevents him from doing so. I know. I'm glad to have you. I think this is the first time we've done a pod uh, together this season. You stepped in for for me when I had similar... I couldn't make it for one of these pods, and you and Kirk got to talk. So I'm glad we're getting you on these podcasts a little bit. Glad you're 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 able to to help out. Uh, we appreciate having you. Of course. And what a great what a great game to talk about the Mavericks. Oh, the Mavericks, Marvs. Your your favorite your favorite oh, term. Your favorite inc- version. Incredible Marvs game. Incredible. <laughs> like you couldn't have asked for a better way to start the new ownership. <laughs> yeah, it really was a great great omen that. The Cuban sale got approved today, and the Mavericks fart away a 20-point lead against the Cleveland Cavaliers team that is missing three of its best four players, Donovan Mitchell, um, uh, Evan Mobley, and Darius Garland. Um, With Mitchell and Garland both out, you know, with Mobley out, he's their defensive linchpin, but they've got some guys that can step up. They don't really have anyone that can that can fill up the production that Mitchell and and Garland have uh, that Garland produce. So this was 
really just like a bad loss. Just so many reasons compounding on top of each other. Like Cavs missing three of their best four players. You have a 20 point lead uh, that you, that gets, you know, you far, far away. And then, you know, they're going to Minnesota, the best team in the West tomorrow night to play the Wolves on the road, second night of a back-to-back. So really this was just a game. They not only could they just not lose this game, but they really should have like won this game comfortably. Do you have any like initial thoughts uh, from this one? Yeah. I mean, it, it was a game they needed to absolutely have um, just before going on a road trip. Uh, you know, even with those players out that you mentioned for the Cavaliers, Cavaliers are still a, a pretty gritty team and have been winning. I think, what they said during the broadcast, they've won four of the last five. I'd have to double check that, but they've been able to uh, grit out some wins. And, you know, Jared Allen <laughs> really kind of carried this team. Uh, Isaac Okoro, who I used to love watching in Summer League, that's when I first saw him. Uh, he couldn't score. He dropped 22 tonight. Karis Levert looked like an all star. Um, so their guys stepped up um, as the Mavericks kind of just squandered uh, the game away. They twiddled their thumbs. Um, they couldn't hit a three, right? I think they went mm-hmm. 14 at one point, missed consecutive threes before yep. Seth Curry hit one. Seth was the only player on the Mavericks to really be able to knock anything down from outside. Um, so the outside shooting really hurt this team because I thought they got some pretty decent looks. Um and just from around the arc, but nothing was going down. Uh, Luca did Luca things, but was oddly held out for a good chunk of the fourth quarter as the Cavaliers made their uh, the run that eventually gave them the lead. So that, I, I felt like that there was a lot of things going on in the fourth that not just the, the poor shooting, but kind of some, some funky lineups and minutes played and combinations that, you know, contributed to the Cavs coming back. Um, but yeah, also the Mavericks got absolutely blitzed on the glass. <laughs> like, yeah. It, yeah, it, it was can, crazy. Yeah, you can pick your point. Like we could talk about like there's. I feel like there's like maybe like a hand. Like there's like a couple or three. Like really, just like it just jumps out of you when you look at the box score and when you were watching the game. It, it was really evident as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the offensive rebounds, that's one of them. Cavaliers had 18. Mavericks had seven. Jared Allen had 23 rebounds. He had nine offensive rebounds. So he alone had more offensive rebounds than the entire Mavericks team did, uh, which is clearly not great. Um, Second chance points weren't as awful as maybe it could have been. So the Mavericks almost got... I don't want to say they got lucky because <laughs> they didn't grab any offensive rebounds, but I don't like, I mean, if the, if the Cavaliers took advantage of that even more so um, it would not, it, you know, it would not have been great. Um, but even then, you know, they hit a bunch of threes off those offensive rebounds. Cause funny enough, uh, you know, looking at the game chart, Cleveland was 16 of 25 at the rim, which is like 16 makes is not, I wouldn't call that good, but it's not, as terrible as some of the Mavericks paint defense games in the last. You know, yeah, the, the Cavs only had 46 points in the paint. Yeah. Dallas, Dallas had 52, so they won that. Like a lot yeah. of these numbers, like that, Dallas kind of ekes them out, if not mm-hmm. ekes them out right, except for like bench scoring. 
uh, it's it's a, it was really an odd kind of game. Like they yeah. lost in just a few categories, and those those were the difference. Yeah, and they they it's just, they just lost those categories so bad. Horrible, uh, yeah, because yeah, also you know it, the offensive rebounds were bad, and they kind of tied it together because, like you said, they they won the points in the paint because most of those offensive rebounds led to open threes, and the Cavaliers made seventeen of forty three from three. I think this. I think they said. I think this is last like four or five games Cavaliers are shooting like 25% from three as a team, which makes sense. They don't have Garland. They don't have Mitchell. Um, they've been winning these games with defense and they definitely won this game with defense down the stretch. But like, this isn't a close game. If the three point shooting follows like season trends, because the Mavericks only made 10 of 37. They got mostly good looks throughout the night. Um, typically that's a Mavericks thing. They make seven or eight more three-pointers than their opponent, and they kind of either blow them out or, uh, you know, win a game maybe they shouldn't because uh, that three-point discrepancy is real. And instead, the Mavericks kind of got Mavericked. Like, this is what they do to – normally what they do to other teams is just being so good from the three-point line that it doesn't matter if your rim defense stinks or you can't grab a rebound because they're just going to make more threes than you. So – uh, like if the Mavericks just made like their average, like if they made the threes at the rate that they normally make them, you know, this is a 20 point lead at point, I think in the first half. And then it was, you know, a double digit lead in the second half. I mean, this might've been a lead so big if they just made their shots that you don't even have to worry about a fourth quarter comeback. Cause they're up like 25 with five minutes left instead of being up like nine or whatever it was. So I think that's, you know, we could talk about like the the late game stuff next if you want, but the three point shot difference I, I felt like was like that's like the game from from a, like a sky high broader view. Oh yeah, sure. I mean that's the thing that stands out the most um, when you look at that that first half. Um, Seth Curry, like I think, hit a shot to put up. I don't remember how much he put the Mavs up by, but you know the Cavaliers immediately called a timeout. Seth was hot; he was rolling. Um, it, it looked like it was just going to be, you know, one of those games where the maps just walk all over them, you know, run mm-hmm. them out of the gym. And, uh, you know, that's wasn't the case because they didn't find that in the second half of the game, that type of shooting. Um, you know, the game got down to four at one point before the Mavericks were able to push back up to 10 in the, in the second half. But yeah, it, everything kind of, Everything after the second ha- second quarter kind of fell apart for them. Just the, the shot just was not falling, and they, the, like you said, they need that shot to fall because that's how they really take teams apart. Yeah, um, and then the the rebounding didn't help, and then whew, the def- the the offensive execution down the stretch um, didn't help as well. Uh, the clutch time. Was not good. It's been good for the Mavericks all season. They were ten and two in clutch games entering tonight, but they traveled back in time to last season <laughs> in the clutch, where they lost twenty nine clutch games last season. Uh, and it was all the stuff that we talk about last season and even before that. Like it was the non existent play calling. Um, it was the heavy reliance on Luca to do everything. It was role players then missing. The shots that Luca created for them. Um, it was the inability to get stops uh, when they needed. It was everything. Um, and it was 
you know, I think the I think the Mavericks from the six minute mark to the one minute mark didn't score any points at all. Cleveland went on a 15-0 run in that stretch. And yeah, they the took Ma- the lead and, and they never even gave it back once they I took think, the lead again. I think the Mavs missed what was it, 10 straight shots in that oh. time. Like oh, yeah. it was terrible. It, the ball was not really moving. There was I think that's when Luca came back in during that it stretch. Is, and, he, and he missed his first three shots. Uh, two of them were like what elbow jumpers, basically, or from the free throw line, and just didn't look great. Uh, came kind of bricked both of them because uh, he had been sitting for a long time at that point. I don't rem- remember when he checked out, but it had you noted it and it, during the game, and I was like, oh yeah, he's he's been kind of gone for a while, and then he finally came back in, and it was a little too late at that point. They just they couldn't find anything like as, and then as they scrambled to try and, you know, make a miraculous to come back to salvage the game. It just, it just wasn't, it wasn't there. Luca hit that crazy three to give, you know, that little glimmer of Luca magic hope, but it, it was not to be, it was, yeah, that last, the last possession was awful. Just, it was, it was, comically bad like it, it was shades of some of the worst things you saw last season when yeah. like even in the tanking games it looked like that yeah um we can talk about that last play now it was yeah it was everything you said it was everything from last season just not really sure what the plan was so to reset mavericks like you said luca makes a crazy shot gets the lead down to three cavaliers missed two straight free throws they called some Mavs call timeout with about eight seconds left um, to, to basically tie the game to send it in overtime. And Derek Lively's on the floor. And I think everyone loves the Mavs rookie center. Um, thinks he's a crucial part of this team winning the, the games that they've won so far this season. But he is he's not a three-point shooter. He's not a threat um, anywhere outside of the paint for the most part. And the Mavericks left him in. And before Luke came out of the ball, it's kind of like, hmm, that's interesting because Jared Allen was still on the floor. And you're basically, you know, I'm like, well, why would Allen guard Lively at all? Like if Li- if Lively scores a layup with five seconds left, I mean, the game's basically over from that point because even if the Cavs miss more free throws, you're basically asking the Mavericks. And then I think the Mavericks are out of timeouts. So, yeah, they have, they'd have to go full court to tie the game. Um, so it's like. So I was like, he's just going to double Luca when Luca gets the ball, and that's going to be it. And lo and behold, Mavericks inbound the ball, get it to Luca. Allen leaves lively immediately, doubles Luca, and then Luca shovels it to Seth Curry, who gets his three-point shot blocked at the buzzer. And I think what was really frustrating was not only the decision to leave lively in, but there wasn't like a plan. Like if you're gonna leave lively in, they need to do something with him, whether that's setting some off ball screens or, 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 or something like if he's going to be in the game and he's not a threat from, from three, you need him to do something because even if Allen, let's say Allen doubles Luca there where he did, if lively sets a screen for Curry and sets a good screen with no one guarding lively because Allen's doubling Luca, there's no one to switch or help on that off ball screen. Instead, Lively just kind of, I don't, I'd have to rewatch it. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. Pretty sure Lively just kind of just stood around while Luca was getting doubled. And then Seth got a shot and uh, a bad contested shot and the game was over. So 
it's like one thing to leave lively on the floor, which I just strategically just don't agree with to then not really use him in a way that, that gives you an advantage in that situation. It was like doubling down. And instead it was just like last season, throw the ball to Luca. Hope he, hope he bails you out, uh, which is pretty much how they lost every clutch game last season. Yeah. It was a kind of confusing last. I mean, kind of, it was an incredibly <laughs> confusing last sequence. And, you know, some of the players that I think, you know, may have, you know, Grant Williams, I think, deserves a lot of um, the, 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 a lot of the, a lot of the things that people say are probably justified about his role on the team right now, but maybe this is where you want to have him in the game instead of Lively, um, instead of that whole run during the Cavaliers push for the lead when he was the center with uh, Josh Green on the floor, uh, that lineup could not score. Uh, Josh Green, I did see, was one of the best plus minuses for the game. So just another weird little stat there, uh, or at least for the Mavericks. Um, but yeah, just instead of Lively, have so have another shooter out there, like and and get some shooters in the game when you're when you're hemorrhaging the lead too. Like that 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 was. So you don't get in that situation in the first place. So yeah, it was a, it was a confusing fourth, all because they couldn't hit shots. Period, and then they just I don't know, I don't know what happened. I can't. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not there at the game. I'm here in my home. Uh, I'm not asking Jason Kidd questions very often, if ever, this year because I have a small child too. But it's yeah, that was. Well, you know, at least they they can they can forget it all and just and that's probably what they're saying that they're gonna you know forget this one, watch some film, be ready tomorrow night. You know, standard standard things, and they need to be. They're it's the best team in the West. Uh, they've got their work cut out for them, especially with you know still some players hobbled by injuries, and you know I know Luca's dealing with something, and he looked like he was a little hobbled to start the game. So we'll see if he's able to go tomorrow too. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, it almost felt like they were gonna, you know, he was questionable coming into this game, so it, it, it was curious to see which game are they gonna rest him because you know they probably needed to give him a night off, uh, you know, with the with the back to back and his insane usage this season. As I put up on our on our uh, on our stream right now, uh, I, I said I wasn't sure what Lively was doing, and uh, and our friend on Twitter. Lively was under the hoop, uh, so that just goes to show you. Yeah, they didn't really have a plan for him, I don't think, unless Lively didn't adhere to the plan. But I'm going to not give uh, this coaching staff the benefit of the doubt when it comes to messing up uh, late game situations. You made a fun, interesting point too. Like you're like Grant should probably be in the game for that last possession. And it's funny. It's like okay, that's when maybe he should have been in, and then he was in, but he was in before that, and Lively was out when Cleveland's making this comeback and they're playing right. a small ball line, it was swap just, them. yeah, yeah. Swap them. Exactly. It was, it was very bizarre. And like you said, Grant was bad. Um, I've been willing to give Grant Williams some time. I know you've had some, some hotter takes and slack about Grant Williams, but like he's coming off the bench now and it's not looking any better. Four points in 26 minutes. Oh, four from three. He did get six rebounds, which was nice. I, I, steals, I can't but, knock him for that. Six yeah. rebounds is good. Like, yeah. but the rest of it, the rest of it's not. Yeah. I mean, he just, he just can't buy a bucket right now. 
Um, yeah. He can't shoot. And the thing about his shooting, I think, is it's not only that he's missing like all of his threes. He's shooting 32% um, in the month of December. That's, and that's before tonight, so so it might be closer to 31. Uh, but he's at 32% from three the month of December. None, none of his shots look confident. Like, I mean, it's like his form looks a little – like it looks like he's almost pushing the ball uh, towards the rim. Like when he's letting it go, there's no part of me that feels like those shots are going in before the ball even reaches the hoop, uh, yeah, which is like really concerning part of it. It looks like me at the three-point line. You know, that's not good. You don't want to see that. Yeah, me uh, too. I was not a shooter. <laughs> no, I was a center. I did not shoot from <laughs> outside. Uh, it, it's funny, though, because, you know, I think it was the game before Christmas. Uh, I remember, like, looking at the, uh, you know, the post-game thing that the Mavericks send out, and it was like Grant Williams knocked down four or more threes in that game. And that was a career high for him in his season. It was like his fourth or fifth game, knocking down four or more threes. And he'd never done that before in his NBA career, like not with the Celtics or anything. And it's like, it's just like those weird little outlier stats that he accumulates throughout the season. Like when you take it as a whole, they kind of like clump in there and make it not look as bad. But he has stretches where it's just, just, Bad, bad. Like, you know, when was the last time, you know, I was looking at this earlier. He, it had been a month or so since he had had, and this was earlier in the month. I don't remember if he's done it since then. Um, But it had been a month, like early, early November since he had had back-to-back double digit scoring games. Like, and his scoring games have just been anywhere from like, two to like nine and then like he'll have like a a 19 and then it'll be like seven and it's just that one throws it all off to to make the averages look a little better than they probably really should be and then you know the, those first seven games of the season are, are are doing a lot of heavy lifting right now for his averages um yeah it's it's just not good and like you know it could be a slump it could be like you know reggie bullock back when he was on the team and how he just did not play well until like after the all-star break. And then he just caught fire. Um, maybe that's what's going to happen. But, you know, I had my questions about Grant coming in to the season because he got ran off the floor in the playoffs last year. Uh, I wanted him to get rebounds, which is why I can't be mad at that. I, that's something I believe I said on this very podcast with Kirk at one point. Uh, so he did that, but it just, you know, the bench is where he needs to be for the moment. And as streaky as Tim Hardaway is, he's he's a scorer. You you need him out there. Um, you know, he's not a great defender, but he puts his body out there. He draws charges. He he plays good basketball, and he plays with effort. And you know, the shot does doesn't always go in. Like tonight, it was pretty, not great. <laughs> Well, speaking of someone not shooting the ball well, I mean, he's also about around 32% from three mm-hmm. for the month of December. So uh, not great, but at least with with Tim, you know, he somehow manages to get himself into double digit scoring because he kind of just shoots his way through it. It's, with Grant, it's a miracle. It's kind of like he just, he just doesn't shoot sometimes. Right. Uh, which you know I, I don't know which is worse, but at least with Tim, you're getting some production somewhere. I... 
when I looked at the box score after the game, because um, I wasn't checking it a whole lot during during the game, um, to see that Hardaway finished with 14 points despite shooting so horribly, I was blown away that he was able <laughs> to do that. Like He lets I, it rip, man. He just yeah. keeps going. He doesn't stop. 14 points on 13 shots. I mean, look, <laughs> that that's how he scored 14 is incredible. That's that's a testament to his gunner mentality. It really it really really is. Um so we're about 23 minutes in, so we're going to do the thing that Kirk does. I'm going to try to do it as well where I say everyone sh- that is watching currently right now whether it's on YouTube or I guess this is going live on Twitter also. If you're watching, please like the feed, like the stream, um, subscribe to our channel. If you are listening to the audio-only podcast, please subscribe to us uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, I am back with another update on Apple Podcast issue, and I have no update. <laughs> Kirk is still working on it. I mean, we've got people from our our partners at Blue Wire um, who help us, uh, you know, help we're part of their podcast network. They're helping us. Our old, uh, you know, bosses at Vox uh, are helping us. Uh, Kirk is getting Apple support uh, dragged into this, and we just haven't been able to get to a solution yet. So we apologize that the the podcast isn't really updating in your Apple uh, your Apple apps, but most other podcast apps, uh, you should be able to see us. YouTube Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify. I think those are all updating. Okay. So we appreciate it. We know that's a you know there's a lot of freaking iPhone users out there, um, and we know that's like where a majority of, of our listeners come from. So um, we apologize that it's not doing that. But hey, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, please like us, subscribe, listen, uh, and if you're watching us live, we're gonna take a very 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 quick break so we can shove in a an ad break uh, for our sponsors. If you're listening to the audio only feed. Um, we're just going to take a short break, and on the other end of it, we'll wrap a button on this, uh, hey, pretty disappointing game uh, for the Mavericks. So we'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, we are back. Uh, again, Mavericks drop a disappointing heartbreaker, 113-110, the Cleveland Cavaliers. They had a 20-point lead, went away. They had a nine-point lead with six minutes left. That went away, uh, and they lose a game they should have won for, for a variety of reasons that we discussed in the first half of the show. So something I want to talk about before we, we, we leave or, or as we start you know winding down 
Um, we we've talked about the clutch uh, offense and defense and defense and and how they kind of lost the game toward the end. I think it's curious we didn't really talk. I mean, we kind of danced around it a little bit because Luca wasn't great in the, in the second half. He had twenty points in the first quarter, finished with thirty nine. Percentages were still okay, fourteen of twenty nine uh, is not bad. Three of ten from three, which is which has been low for him. Only six assists, five turnovers. The six assists, only six assists was mainly because no one else could make a shot. But he didn't, you know, he normally sits the start of the fourth quarter, but it's only for, you know, especially if they need him, it's only for maybe a couple minutes. He's usually back in around the eight, nine or eight minute mark, most, at, you know, at the latest, maybe seven minute mark. Um, the Mavericks were holding their head above water. You know, they, I believe they entered the fourth quarter with an eight-point lead. Um, I think it was an eight-point lead. And then with six minutes left, uh, timeouts called. Luka gets put back on the floor. The Mavericks have a nine-point lead. So they outscored the Cavs to start the fourth quarter for the first six minutes or so by one point. And I think that's what led to how long Luka stayed out because I think Kid was like, hey, we've got a game tomorrow night. If we can – keep Luca under 40 minutes. Let's ride this bench unit for a little bit longer than we normally do. We're keeping our head above water. We still got, you know, uh, you know, it's still a double, you know, multi-possession game. Um, why not? But then Luca came back and looked terrible. I don't, you know, not to mince words here, but he did not look great. He made, I think he scored five points in the final six minutes. He had that three pointer. Uh, then he had, uh, you know, like a layup, running or, layup you know, yeah. yeah, a runner and the paint. And that was it. And he had two turnovers, missed some shots. Team didn't look great when he came back in. And my theory is, you know, I wonder if he sat on the bench too long because, he, and that maybe messed up his rhythm. I mean, athletes are, pro athletes are notoriously, uh, you know, habitual uh, and, and have to keep to their schedule kind of how they maintain their their peak performance by by repetition and doing the same things over and over again. I wonder, do you think he sat too long? But I don't even want to like blame the coaches for it because they kind of were just, they were trying to get him some extra rest, but it just almost feels like that kind of backfired on him. Yeah. And that's something, you know, I, I don't remember who said it, but I, I, someone said it, you know, from the broadcast crew, they mentioned that he got stiff, you know, yeah, he was he was trying to work out the stiffness when he came back in. So you know, I I I think I think they did need to bring him back in. You know, with the Cavaliers on the run that they made. You know, when you look at it, they outscored the Mavericks thirty-one to twenty in the fourth quarter. Uh, it he needed to check back in like sooner than he did. You know the the alarm the alarm bells were sounding long before he came back in and. You know, that, I think to your point, I think that's probably exactly what they were trying to do was trying to get him some more rest to hope that, you know, the units they threw out there could buy him some more time if not to ha- have him completely sit out the rest of the game entirely uh, because of tomorrow night. You know, if he was questionable beforehand this game, um, I don't remember what the exact injury was, something with his, like, left leg. Um you know, and they want him to go tomorrow, then, yeah, I could see them wanting to get as much rest as possible. Uh, but that wasn't the case because they couldn't hit shots, squandered a lead, 
Um, yeah, and he came back in too late. Like, it, it, no one else was really doing anything outside of Seth Curry, and Seth Curry really wasn't doing anything all that impressive in the you know second half of the game. Like, uh, it, it was Luca. They needed him. They needed him to run the offense because the offense was kind of stagnant. Um, yeah. The, the guys that normally step up were okay, but they just, again, couldn't hit outside shots. They needed their, their guy back in. Yeah. You talked about the guys that normally step up were not as good as they usually are. And I think you can kind of point to Derek Jones, Jr. Dante Exum. Exum was actually okay. He had 13 points on eight shots, six assists, three steals. Um, Derek Jones Jr. played a really good defensive game. He had a steal. He had three blocks. Yeah, he had some crazy blocks. Yeah. yeah, still managed to score 12 points, but he shot 5 of 13 from the floor, 0 of 4 from 3. In the second half, he kind of came back down to earth because he was on a crazy stretch where he was like – I mean, he was driving the ball and finishing almost everything at the rim. That Phoenix game, uh, he had – Yeah, he had a crazy, like, uh, weird alley-oop in this one. So he yeah. he's – so outside of his three-point shooting, I think you take away those four shots, he's fine. But that's a huge four shots to miss, honestly. Yeah, for sure. It just kind of ties into you know, they just couldn't make their open threes because Jones is the one. These role players, Jones, Exum, even maybe Hardaway, Seth, Grant, like it's not like they're taking contested threes. Like These no. are the guys that are shooting threes, spotting up around Luca. Luca's doing the creating. Uh, so yeah, was, they were probably bound to run into one of these games. It's just unfortunate that it happens when you get a twenty-point lead and you're playing the Timberwolves on the second night of a back-to-back. Like it's just the timing of this loss is just not ideal. Uh, another thing I wanted to hit on, um, you know, Josh Green, who hasn't played in weeks. Um, his last game was uh, the first of the month, December 1st, uh, against the Memphis Grizzlies. So he basically hasn't played for you know, practically an entire month, uh, had a right elbow, uh, sprain, which is the same injury he had last season when he also missed like three, about three or four weeks, which is kind of odd. I don't see a lot of elbow sprains in the NBA, but you know, I don't know what it is, but he, he had them, uh, came back, played 21 minutes off the bench, two points, five assists, three rebounds, two steals. It's kind of like the quintessential like Josh Green game, um, where like he didn't plus score. twelve, yeah, yeah pl- plus twelve, but it misses three of the four shots he takes, misses both of his threes, but has five assists, has no one turnover, two steals, like just you know finding a way to make things happen even when he's you know just not putting the ball in the basket. Uh, I did appreciate like just having him on the floor instead of playing like a Markeith Morris or even Omax Prosper or AJ Lawson, who, you know, all three of those guys have had some moments lately when green and, and Max Kleba have been out, you know, especially Prosper had a 20 point game uh, while green was out. Lawson's had a couple of nice games as well, but like, you know, green is supposed to be a key contributor. Like if Prosper and Lawson are out playing him, then something's gone terribly wrong. Like you want to see green, on the floor and contributing. And I thought, you know, hey, one of four from the floor, two points. Uh, you know, not great considering he hasn't been shooting the ball well all season, but he had five assists, was moving the ball well. I thought defensively played pretty well considering I think defense has been one of his issues this season where I think he's taken a bit of a step back. 
I thought he played pretty aggressively. Um, again, it's not like the Cavaliers are an offensive juggernaut without Garland uh, and uh, and Mitchell, but eh, I thought he was all right. I mean, what'd you think? I mean, he he came up with a huge air ball for the Mars. So <laughs> he did. That, that's no, that was I unfortunate. That's when I kind of knew what was about to happen in the game. Um, yeah, I mean, I you know I didn't even notice the five assists. That's I mean, you want that from him, right? Like that's no, that's his thing. He can pass. You know, that's that's kind of what you want him to do. But you also kind of want him to have more than two points. You know, I know that's the give and take. That's the the Josh Green uh, cycle that we're on, uh, especially this season where he's been a little bit more inconsistent. So, yeah, that was unfortunate. I'm trying to think of any other storylines we want to talk about. Um, you know, Williams has come off the bench. This is the second straight game. He's basically playing backup five. Like Powell played five minutes. No Rashawn Holmes. Um, no Jaden Hardy, um, who might have played himself out of the rotation, I think, over the last uh, couple of games. So not surprising that he got the DNP uh, CD. But otherwise, just, I don't know. Last, season, honestly, last season's Mavs came back to haunt them in a big way tonight. Yeah, I'm honestly surprised Powell doesn't get more run as the backup five right now. Just, you know, we know what he gives you, but he also gives you really good advanced stats when it comes to how he works with Luca and things like that. And then as the role man, like he just kind of opens things up for this team. You know, he's not going to go get you 10 and 10 every night, right? But he does things that matter and that help this team and uh, things that, frankly, Grant Williams as a five just can't give you. So, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, I mean, you've probably, you're going to probably get some death threats on Twitter for defending uh, the name Dwight Powell uh, in the public I, space. But yeah, I don't know. If they've been following me for long enough, they know that I've, I've been there too saying the bad things. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't really know what they're doing with the bench. I mean, they're just trying to mix it up because it's just been a little bit – it's been tough with all the injuries. I mean, they need Maxi back. Green back helps a lot. They need Kyrie back so they can maybe settle some things a little bit better. But it's It's been a mess of a rotation. I don't think they've done a great job of figuring it out, uh, figuring out Exum uh, and moving him into the starting lineup, I think, is a really smart thing for them to do. But the rest of it has just not been a coherent strategy. You know, it's like you said, Marquise Morris one game. It's Rashawn Holmes another game. It's, and I feel like they're just throwing stuff at walls rather than trying to really see what lineups are the most effective and what they can go with. Uh, but hey, it's not even January yet. I mean, we're we're there in a few days, but. <sighs> I don't think this team is really interested right now in figuring out those specifics. Um, yeah, they're just trying to get through it. They're just trying to yeah. survive until Kyrie's back, until Maxie's back, who we don't really know on either of those. I think Kyrie's getting closer, but they haven't really given a date or a timetable. They didn't really give one for Green either. Like he just, <laughs> I don't remember anyone saying if he was practicing leading up to this, uh, and he just you know, it was questionable and then he's playing. So that might happen for, for Kyrie and Maxie too. They just pop up on the report that they're going to play one day. So 
Right. We'll see. Ken's not a doctor, so how would he know? I know. How would he? It's impossible to know. He's just a bystander and all that. Right. He's just he's just watching like the rest of us. Exactly. Uh I think I'm taked out. I don't know what else I wanted to talk about with this game. Duel, you got anything else or do you want to get out of here? This game didn't deserve it. No. We we gave it more more than it needed, and that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Uh I'm okay with getting out of here. Again, Mavericks lose one thirteen to one ten. Oh, boy, really bad loss. We'll see where we're at tomorrow. Um, I should be on the podcast. I think Kirk will be back. We'll we'll see. Again, we got a lot. Of, Doyle and Kirk are, are, I got newborns in the house. I've got uh, a two and a half year old. Like, you can't predict the future. So who knows what tomorrow is going to bring. But I anticipate it'll be myself and Kirk back in our no, normal roles tomorrow night after the game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. So we appreciate everyone sticking through it. I know our podcast schedule has been kind of weird. Um, I think I did like two in a row without Kirk and then Kirk did one without me. And now we're doing another one without Kirk. And that's just the way things go with real life. This is our, our side gigs for, for everyone here for the most part. Um, so, you know, we, we do what we can and we always appreciate the kind comments. You guys leave great comments um, every single live stream. Uh, we really appreciate that. It motivates us to keep going. So thanks again. Uh, we're going to close close shop here. Again, Mavericks lose to the Cleveland Cavaliers 113-110. Mavericks drop to 18-13. and 13. They play the Minnesota Timberwolves tomorrow night. We will talk to you then. For Pod Maverick, it's Josh Bowe, Dual Raider. Thanks for joining me tonight. Uh, stepping in, pitch inning for Kirk, and we'll talk to you guys later.